He is so good to us. And I don't know about you, but I am so excited to be able to worship with you this morning. I want to thank you for allowing your pastoral staff to take vacation. And uh, we appreciate that time away. And uh, we want to continue to pray for Pastor Greg and Sarah and the girls as they, uh, they are still on vacation. And they, Pastor Greg, last year, he did not use all his vacation time. And I looked at him and I said, you are crazy, man. You got to use that time. You got to. You need to refresh yourself and refresh your soul, uh, and get away from get away from the the day to day. And so he came to me a couple weeks ago and he said, um, Pastor BJ, um, I'd really take you up on your suggestion, and um, I'd really need to take the full first week of August after NYC is over. I said that'd be great. And then a couple weeks later, he came to me. He said, You know what? We really want to. We're doing some family things with my mom and dad for their anniversary, and we really want to extend our time. It would be okay if I took an extra week there. I said, yes, go, enjoy it. So be praying for them. Uh, they will come back this week, and uh, I know I'm trusting the Lord that they will be refreshed and revived and ready to go. And, but pray for them as they travel home and uh, back here to home in Illinois, and uh, they come back to us. We're looking forward to them returning uh, but we pray that they have a great time while they're away. I want to invite you to take your outlines out in your bulletin. Uh, and I've titled the message this morning, Do You Have Childlike Faith? It's a baby day. It's Promotion Sunday. And uh, I want to look at a few different Bible stories today as we talk about childlike faith and really what that all entails. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1. And if you recognize Scripture by the address in the Bible, you'll notice that that's a passage of Scripture that a lot of times we, we talk about during Christmas time. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to touch on it a little bit today, and I'm going to ask the, that the Lord would just come and have His way in our time this morning. Um, another passage of Scripture that jumps out to me when I think about childlike faith is one that we cannot get away from, and it's really what we have to... To, to start our message with today as a foundation, because without this foundation, we really don't know what we're striving for or what we're going to reach. And so from Mark's gospel, chapter 10, you read these words, and it's in your outline this morning. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Those are God's Word, not BJ's words. And so when I read that, I think about my eternity. And I think about the things that I do in life that maybe cloud my judgment or my perception of what childlike faith really is all about. I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you're like me, but I, I wonder why we adults sometimes complicate life so much. Have you ever wondered that? Nobody, just me? Okay. I, I've asked this question, especially this week as I, as I was gone. I, I, have, I went and spent some time with Chris and Anita Schatz, and, and many of you know who they are. And, and so as we get together, we talk about church and we talk about different things. But this thought was on my mind of why do we seem to complicate things? And why do things have to be the way that they are? Let me give you just a brief example, and I don't want you to dwell on this like I have because you'll lose precious, precious moments in life that you will never get back. But one of the things that I wonder about 
I don't know if I should even say this, Jack. Um, I wonder why you all are here right now. And that you come back week after week to sit in this place for this time. And we can spiritualize it and we should believe this to be true and we should live this out that we come here to worship God and it's about Him. But many times we probably, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll leave here and we wonder, why did we even come? And I personally sit here and think, why do almost 200 people come into this building every week and sit here respectfully and patiently and quietly and listen to what this guy has to say? I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I started to verbalize this, this concern and this question, I thought, and, and Chris is, is one, of my, one of my closest friends, and I'm thankful for him, and I'm thankful for his, his wisdom at times in my life, and he says to me, he says, BJ, you know why they're there, don't you? I said, well, yeah, I know why they're there, but I just don't understand why, they would, why they'd sit there and listen. Well, they're listening to you because they're not listening to you, they're listening to what God is speaking through you. And I'm so thankful for that, and I'm humbled by that. I'm so humbled by that, there's many times that I just want to sit down and listen to somebody else myself because I'm not worthy of it. And yet, God has something figured out, and we try our best to interpret it and make it what we think is best, and we call it church. But sometimes I wonder, why do we complicate it so much? Why do I... You know, why do I get to Saturday night and start fretting over Sunday? I don't know. And I'm not going to have an answer for you today, but I just wonder as adults, we have the children in with us today, and they're probably sitting there thinking, I want you children to to listen to this for a minute, and I want you to think about this. Have you ever asked the question, why do mom and dad make things so confusing? I know my kids have asked that question. Well, don't you get this? No, I don't, Dad. Why don't you explain it better? Oh, here we go again. And we go round and round sometimes. And there's many times where we just wonder, why does it have to be this way? Maybe you remember this when you were a child. Children, you'll, you'll probably get this even better than us adults that have been away from it for a little bit. Do you remember when you were a child and um, you would hear directions given by the authority in your family? Go clean your room, please. Anybody hear that this week? Anybody else said that this week? Fred's Fred's heard it. Yeah, go clean your room. Yeah. Or, and the answer we get as a parent, we'll say, go clean your room, please. And they'll look at us with the most sincere look in their eye and they'll say, why, Dad? Why should I have to go clean my room? Like, there's got to be a reason that they need to clean their room and pick up their stuff. I don't get it. Then there's another one, you know, why please go and put some of those clothes away that are just out everywhere that are standing up on their own and you're not even wearing them. Would you go put them away? Why, Dad? They're just fine. They're right where I left them. Yeah, I know. They're standing up right next to you. I don't get it. Change your clothes. Or quit pulling your sister's hair. Why, Dad? She deserved it. And then the best response that I ever got as a kid, and then I've found myself giving this response as a father, was because I told you so. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We've heard it before, haven't we? We've heard it before. Because I've told you so. Sometimes we don't, we don't want an answer or we think we want an answer and the answer we get is not what we wanted. Because I told you so. You know, as children, children are trying to, to learn and they're trying to grow and they're trying to figure things out. And as parents, sometimes I know at least I, I can only speak for myself. I'm guilty of this. I'm just like, would you just go be a kid? You're not an adult yet. Just leave the room and go, go have fun. We're having adult conversations. And they're probably saying, you know, why do adults have to complicate this so much? Why do they have to mess it all up? And I think we do sometimes because, you know what, our faith is not like theirs at times. Well, let me, let, me, let me dive into that a little bit more. I want to define for you how I define faith in, in the sense of, of how it applies to our lives and how we live that out. Faith, when you ask a lot of people uh, what, the, what faith is, what their definition of faith is, many people will say, well, it's believing in something we can't see. And I think we could all probably agree with that premise and that starting point. But I like to take it a little bit further because faith is more than just believing in something. Faith is then putting our trust in that something as well. So faith is twofold. It's belief and then it's trust. It's living it out. It's putting action to our belief. So in other words, it's not just enough to believe that Jesus is real. We've got to put our trust in Him in order to experience that life-saving benefit of our faith being lived out. Here's a, a silly illustration that we've had happen in our home. And, uh, and um, our, our little boy has, has now gone home, and we're thankful for that. We're excited for him, and we're praising the Lord for that. But one of the, one of the nightly routines we would have with our, with our younger children as we were still getting them ready for bed and, and putting them to bed was I would go in and I would, I would, handle, um, I would handle our boy and Alicia would usually handle the girl and, and we would kind of go back and forth with that. And so I tried to have a little routine with the little guy. And I said to him many times, we had a little changing table in, in their bedroom and we're changing his, his clothes and putting his pajamas on. And I would stand him up and I'd say, all right, buddy, why don't you jump to daddy? Jump off to daddy. I'll catch you. And he was scared to death to jump off that table. It's like, how many times in your life are you allowed to stand on a table, one, and then two, told to jump and have fun with it? Especially in our home, right? You know, it's not very often. But this little guy, he would not do it. And so I would, I would get really close to him, and he'd start to get to the edge of the table, and he would get down, and he'd start, he would get ready to jump, and then he would get down lower, and then he would get down lower. I said, are you going to jump? He's like, no. <laughs> and he'd just get down lower and lower, and then finally I'd have to be touching him, and then he would jump up, and we would jump up and throw him in the air a little bit. But he, he, he believed I was there. He believed that I was meaning what I would say, but he could never put his trust in it. He would never actually jump. Now, I don't know why, and I, I'm not going to sit here and try to figure all that out, but you know what? That's really how our lives are many times. When we say we believe that God can do something for us, but yet we don't really jump, do we? Maybe for you in your life, you believe some things are real, 
but you just have a hard time trusting it. Maybe for you, it's retirement's getting closer, and you believe that retirement's an option, but you really can't trust to save the money now for retirement. Maybe you believe that you could easily lose that extra weight that the doctor's been telling you to lose, but you just don't trust that Dairy Ripple could stay open without your investment in that business. That's my problem, yeah. If I don't go there, they're going to close. And we want Pike County businesses to succeed, amen? Tired of seeing places close down. But we believe in something, but we don't trust it to be real. Maybe let's, let's make it a little bit more real. I believe and I trust that our church can reach the lost and broken and hurting people with the saving truth of Jesus Christ, but I can't seem to find the time and the resources and the energy to make being a part of it a priority. What is it for you? Today my hope is that we can look to God's Word to see what it means to have childlike faith again. Because just like our kids say to us when they're young, they look at us and they say, you know what? They'll go and talk to their friends and they'll say, you know what? My mom and dad, they can do anything. They believe in us. I want us to be able to believe in our Heavenly Father the same way. I believe that God can do it. I believe that He can do it, and I'm going to put my trust in it as well. You see, we need to realize today that my God, our God, can do anything. Amen? If you believe that, will you say that with me? My God can do anything. Amen. He can. I want us to, to look at God's Word. This story in the Bible that started this all is the text that we're looking at in Luke chapter 1. The story, as you know, is the story of Mary. And, and as the story goes, and, and the story is from verses 26 to 38 that we're going to be looking at. In this story, we, we read that Elizabeth, Mary's family member, her cousin, is pregnant. And God sends an angel of the Lord to Mary to deliver some birth news of her own. Mary's confused. She doesn't know why she's getting this messenger. And the Bible tells us that she's actually disturbed by the news, and she tries to make sense of what's going on. You see, Mary's a young, a young woman at this time, and, and some theologians believe that it's very young, but at the same time, she's got a mind of an adult, and she's thinking about adult things. And, and again, she's, trying, she's confused by it because she's trying to figure it out. She's trying to make sense of it all, and yet she's not supposed to at this point. So let's pick up in verse 29 and read this story here. Verse 29 says this, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? Because I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born to you will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. 
You see, people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. You see, Elizabeth was considered to be barren, and now she's pregnant at an old age. Mary, who's a virgin, is now given news that she is going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit and have a son, and it's going to be the Savior of the world. I don't know about you, but I serve a God, and I believe in a God that can do anything. Amen? He can do anything. And for us, we've got to check that our faith-like, childlike faith, and make sure that our childlike faith status is up to par. So that's where we're going to go today. We need to learn what it takes to have childlike faith this morning. So let's quickly go through these. Childlike faith believes in three things. Here they are. Number one, my God can. My God can. I'm very thankful for my upbringing in the church, especially in the parsonage. I enjoyed being able to to, uh, learn all sorts of things about church, about God, about the many different things that happen in there in a Christian life. But one of the things I learned at a very young age was a song uh, that, that we would sing as kids. And I didn't realize it at the time that it was a scripture verse. But we would sing this song and it would go something like this. Ah, Lord God, my, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Anybody hear that song? Yeah, some of you. So sing it with me, okay? Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens with the... I forgot it. But you know what I'm talking about, right? And we, we would sing that over. Now you're going to be singing it all afternoon because it's going to be stuck in your head. Oh, Lord God. Yeah, you're going to be taking a nap and it's going to wake you up, you know. But the scripture is Jeremiah 32, 17. And I, and I went back and I started reading this, this story again because if we take it just by the one verse, it's kind of hard to see what's going on here. But as you read Jeremiah 32, you see that Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, is he's trying to buy land for his people and it hasn't been allowed for years and generations, okay? And so this is almost an impossibility that's going on. And Jeremiah has now gone to the proper authorities. He's, he's actually signed the paperwork, and now he's going to deliver the good news to his people and saying, here's what's happening. Our God has, has made it possible for this to happen. And then we pick it up in verse 30, in verse 17, after he has given the papers to the leaders, finalizing the deal and the purchase of the land. It says in verse 16, after He had given the papers to Baruch. I prayed to the Lord, and this is what he prayed. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Nothing is impossible. For him. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for you. Jeremiah is going to the Lord with a prayer and he's saying, Thank you, O sovereign God. You knew this before, and we give you thanks because nothing is impossible for you. This makes me think about some other things in my life when I think things are getting too hard. I I asked one of my children this week, I said, do you remember the time when your dad has failed you? 
Do you remember those times when, when I messed up and I, and I didn't come through for you when you thought I would and you, you believed I would do something and then it didn't happen? He said to me, no, I don't remember that. I thought, well, that's good. <laughs> you, know, you still have that childlike faith that your dad can help you and do anything for you. But one of the things that, that I'm so thankful for, for my kids and that they see, that they see uh, godly examples, as Michelle was talking about, we live in a world full of ungodly examples, but there's times when our kids can actually look up to people that have a, a faith and have a stance and they have a platform for their faith. And, and, and my boys are into basketball and I'm thankful for that. But there's, there's a certain basketball player that, um, his name is Stephon Curry. Stephen Curry, and he is a, a point guard for the Golden State Warriors. And he's one of the, at this point in his career, he's one of the greatest point guards that's ever played the game of basketball. And, and, but you got to know his story a little bit. His story was one that he was a, a scrawny, skinny little kid, but the thing he had going for him was that his dad was an NBA star. And so he had the, the, the protege. He, he knew how it was, what it was going to take to get to the NBA, but Stefan, he was not recruited to a big-name school. See, he was too skinny. He was too small. The, the experts said he couldn't shoot very well. And yet, he kept working hard, and he went to this small school that gave him a chance. And he made a name for himself because he took that small school on a long run in the NCAA tournament, which ended up getting him drafted by the Golden State Warriors. And he continued to work and work and work to where now he's one of the best guards in the NBA. And along that path, along that way, there's people that come along these guys and they try to, they try to get them to use their products and endorse their things. And Nike was one of those companies that came along, uh, Mr. Curry, and he said, you know what, we want you to wear our shoe. And he said to them, that's fine, but I want to put a scripture verse on my shoe. And I want to put a scripture verse because it's a scripture verse that's helped drive me to be the person I am today. And it's Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Nike looked at him and said, you know what? We don't allow people to put scripture on our shoes. He said, okay, see ya. He's now signed contract with Under Armour Shoe Apparel. And on every one of his shoes says Philippians 4.13. And I read an article this week about his testimony. And he goes, on every one of my shoes, I write a translation of this verse because it keeps me focused on the reason why I'm where I'm at today. Because I believe in a God who can do anything. And because he can do anything, I believe Paul's words that said, through him who can do anything, I can do anything. Amen. And I'm thankful that I can look at my boys and I can say, you know what? You can do anything. Even though you're small, Elliot, even though you're scrawny, you can do anything. Ian, even though you're tall and lanky and good-looking, you can do anything, buddy, through Him who gives you strength. Emma, you can be anything through Him who gives you strength. You can do it all. I want to say to you, 
Childlike faith believes that my God can do anything. And because he can do anything, that means he can even use somebody like me and somebody like you to get his job done. Praise the Lord. My God can do anything. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If my God is powerful and mighty enough that he can do anything, he can certainly use us to accomplish his will. Childlike faith believes my God can. Number two, childlike faith believes my God will. My God will do it. Sometimes in our life, I think we're, we're people that we believe that God can, but we don't always believe He will. Some of us probably have even said things like this before. God might do that for other people, but He probably won't do it for me. And we allow doubt to creep in. We start to believe the lies of the enemy. You know, there's another story in the Bible that helps us with this part of our childlike faith, and I'm thankful for it. The Israelites were out fighting the Philistines, and, and they were about to go to battle, and this was a, 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 just a, a tense moment, and you all know the story. And King Saul is, is telling his soldiers, you need to go out and you need to, you need to kill the giant, the Philistine giant who's taunting us so that we can, we can win this battle and we can move forward. And David, young David, is not in the army yet, and his dad sends him to check on the status of his brothers. And David shows up on the scene and he sees the Philistine giant coming out and taunting the army of the Israelites. And, and David goes to King Saul, and I'm paraphrasing and really shrinking this down for time, but David says to the King Saul, I can fight that giant. I'll take him down. That giant doesn't stand a chance with the God of angel armies on our side. And King Saul says to little David, he says, David, you're but a boy. You're scrawny. You don't have much to offer. Let me at least give you my armor. King Saul puts his armor on David, and David's this small shepherd boy. It's just too, too much. He can't even walk with it on. David says, I don't need that. And he goes down, and he picks up five little stones from the, the brook and his slingshot, and he goes out to address the giant. And he responds to the Philistine, and this is what he says in 1 Samuel 17, 45. David said to the Philistine giant, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will conquer you and strike you down, and I will cut off your head, and all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear, but that the Lord saves." For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. Amen. Wow. Childlike faith believes that not only will my, can my God do it, but He will do it. And David goes out there, scrawny little David, goes up and fights this huge giant, and he's saying, you have nothing on me, Goliath, because I have a God who not only can take you down, He will take you down. Before he's ever thrown a stone. Aren't you thankful 
for childlike faith that believes that God can and God will do something. (laughs) My God can do anything. Having childlike faith believes that my God can and my God will. But someone here has thought or even spoken these words about God. I believe God can do the impossible. But there's been moments in my life where God could have done something and He didn't. He could have done something. He could have showed up, but He just didn't show up. He could do it. I believed He would do it, but He didn't do it. And that's the third point today. Childlike faith believes that even if God doesn't, I still believe. Even if God doesn't, I still believe. Did you know that childlike faith is big enough to handle a no? Childlike faith is big enough to handle when we're faced with the answer no. Think about this for a minute. Do you remember the first time you failed in front of your children? Do you remember the first time you said something to them and it didn't come true? Or it didn't work out the way you told them it would or it could? Again, I'm thankful that God's Word gives us some guidance in this area. There's a great story in the Bible that speaks to this. In the book of Daniel, we read about faith in action. And even if God doesn't, I still believe. Let let me recap the story for you. King Nebuchadnezzar is is an evil king. He's a king that is so selfish and and, and self-centered that all he wants is his whole kingdom to worship him, the king. And he has people in his ear that are telling him things to just boost his ego and, and make his head bigger. And all of a sudden, before too long, he's got this huge statue built of himself so that people can bow down and worship this statue not just once a day, but multiple times a day. And they're like, well, how are we going to get everybody to know it? Well, let's, let's, let's build this huge sound system so that the whole nation can hear when it's time to come and to worship. So they, they, they make this huge sound Did you know that there were sound systems in the Bible? It's true. You used it in, in uh, Abraham's time. Did you know that Abraham's camp, this is free, okay? Abraham was leading a, a nation of people at the time that was... Scholars say it was over a million people. And he was able to project it. There were sound systems in the Bible. My God can do anything. Amen? Anyway, that's not part of the story. But anyway, he gets this huge sound system. And so they, they blast the sound to tell everybody, you need to come to the courtyard and bow down to the statue and worship me. And it's three times a day. And all of a sudden, these, these young men that are there, these young Hebrew men that believe in the God, the one true God, are coming in. They come in with everybody else and they gather in there and everybody bows down when the trumpet sounds except these three men. It happens again. Everybody bows down and the same three guys are standing up. It happens one more time and they bow down and those three guys are still standing up. It infuriates the king. And the king, the penalty for these people to not worship the king was they were going to be thrown in the fiery furnace We guys think this was just some story that our mom and dads told us when we were little kids to scare us? No, this is real. This happened. It's in the Bible. It's true. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get summoned to the king, and he's furious. He tells the guards to to heighten the temperature of the furnace even more so than it already was. 
And they go in to meet with the king. And we pick it up in chapter 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship your image of gold you have set up. You see, childlike faith is not built on conditions. It's not built on what he can do for us now. It's not built on if-then statements. If, God, you will do this, then I will follow you. It's not built on compromised statements. It's not built on that. It's built on relationship. Childlike faith isn't built on what God does. It's built on who God is. I'm so thankful that God wants, that He loves me and that He wants to bless me. I'm so thankful that He wants to show me that He is able and capable of being a God that deserves my faith. But I'm even more thankful that God desires a loving relationship with me and intimacy with me that goes beyond anything that He can or will do. Amen? Faith shouldn't be based on what God does for us, but rather on who God is to us. I hope that today that we can see through God's word that we must have faith like a child if we're ever going to see the kingdom of heaven. And childlike faith believes that my God can, my God will, but even if he doesn't, I still believe. I want to close with a couple of questions for you today. The first question I want to ask you this morning is, what impossible thing are you asking God to do in your life right now? What impossible thing are you asking God to do in your life right now? Are you asking God to heal your marriage? Are you asking God to restore and to save your family? Are you praying for that prodigal that's so far gone from from the ways of God that there just seems like there's no hope, but you believe that nothing is impossible with God? Are you asking God to heal cancer? Are you asking God to heal the brain tumor? Are you asking God to fix the ailments in the body? Are you asking God to do the impossible in your life? Because if you're not then you need to have a faith check. You need to have a faith check. Because we believe in a God who can and a God who will. And I'm here to tell you that even in the hard times when I don't have the answers of when God doesn't do it, I'm still going to believe Him. Amen? What impossible thing are you asking him to do in your life right now? Do you completely believe God can do anything? That sounds like a redundant question, but I want you to take that to heart. I want you to sit on that question for a minute. Because if you don't completely believe that God can do anything, then you might need a faith check. 
you might need a faith check. Because I believe in a God who can and a God who will. But even if he doesn't, I believe. And finally, what is it you need to do? What steps do you need to take to build your childlike faith? How are you building your childlike faith? I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to, I want to ask you, if you can, to, to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to say a closing prayer in just a moment. And just, I know, I know at this time of the service, you've been sitting a while, and it's, it's, time, to, it's time to just kind of get to lunch and run out of here and move on to the next thing. But would you just, would you just allow God to speak to us just for a moment? with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I just want to ask you this question. Do you really believe in a God who can do anything? Because I know that there's some of you out there today that are, that are going through the valley right now. You've been facing hurdle after hurdle after hurdle and you just are tired of it. You're weary. And I'm sure the, the, the thoughts of doubt have crept into your mind yeah, God, I've seen you do it through other people, but I just don't know that you're going to do it for me. Do you completely believe in a God who can do anything? If you've struggled with that doubt, I want to pray for you today. Would you be so bold to just lift your hand so I can pray with you today? I just want to pray with you. If you've doubted God, thank you. And you've doubted that He could do a miracle in your life, Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. I want you to know this morning that I believe in a God who can do anything. A God who will keep His word and keep His promise. But even if He doesn't do what I think He should do, I still believe. Maybe you're here today and you need a faith check. I don't know where you're at on the journey. I don't know what you're going through, but you've got one of those questions in your mind that's just saying, man, I really wish I had faith like a child today for this. If you need a faith check, would you just lift your hand up? I want to pray for you today. If your faith just needs a check today, amen. 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 Thank you. You can put your hands down. Father God, we come to you at this time. And I pray, God, that you would help us to be like Mary today. I pray that you would help us to be like Mary today because when we're faced with uncertainty in our life, when we're faced with the unknown and we don't know how to figure it all out and we want to make sense of it but we're confused and it's, it's hard, it's, it just doesn't, doesn't add up and we, we seek you and we, we believe in you but Lord, we struggle to trust you and to walk in that. Lord, I pray that you'd make us like Mary because at the end of that story, she says, <laughs> Here I am, Lord, I am your servant. May it be to me as you have said. In other words, God, help us to be like Mary and say, 
God, I believe you can. I believe you will. But even if you don't, I'm still going to believe. Lord, I pray for everybody who raised their hand today. People that are struggling to believe you completely. They're struggling, Lord, to put their trust fully in you. God, I pray you would draw them to yourself. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a, a huge God hug right now. That they would sense your presence in such a real way that they cannot deny your love for them. God, I pray that you would strengthen their faith. That you'd move them up that faith ladder to be a little bit closer with you. And God, I pray for those, Lord, that no matter where they're at on the journey, Lord, they're just admitting today, Lord, that they're struggling in their faith. They've seen things, they've, they've heard things, they've gone through things, Lord, that are hard, that have broken them down and they're struggling. God, I pray that you'd just lift them up, that you'd hold them close to you, that you'd whisper in their ear, you're my child and I love you and I'm going to take care of you. Will you trust me? And I pray, God, that you'd help us all today to increase our childlike faith so that we may one day enter your kingdom. God, go with us from this place. Be with us, protect us, guide us, help us to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight at 6.30.